The biblical reading this morning, uh, the first one is from 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 16 through 23. If I proclaim the gospel, this gives me no ground for boasting, for an obligation is laid on me, and woe to me if I do not proclaim the gospel. For if I do this of my own will, I have a reward. But if not of my own will, I am trusted with a commission. What then is my reward? Just this, that in my proclamation I may make the gospel free of charge, so as not to make full use of my rights in the gospel. For though I am free with respect to all, I have made myself a slave to all, so that I might win more of them. To the Jews I became as a Jew, in order to win Jews. To those under the law, I became as one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so that I might win those under the law. To those outside the law, I became as one outside the law, though I am not free from God's law, that I am under Christ's law, so that I might win those outside the law. To the weak I became weak, so that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all people, that I might by all means save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel, so that I may share in its blessings. The second reading is from the chapter of Mark verses, I'm sorry, chapter 1, verses 29 through 39. As soon as they left the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they told him about her at once. He came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. Then the fever left her, and she began to serve him. That evening at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick or possessed with demons, and the whole city was gathered around the door. And he cured many who were sick with various diseases, and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak, because they knew him. In the morning, while it was still very dark, he got up and went out to a deserted place. And there he prayed. And Simon and his companions hunted for him. When they found him, they said to him, Everyone is searching for you. He answered, Let us go on to the neighboring towns, so that I may proclaim the message there also. For what is what I came to do? For that is what I came to do. And he went throughout Galilee, proclaiming the message in their synagogues and casting out demons. Thanks, Mike. You know... These two readings uh, remind me that the Bible is kind of a crazy thing. And um, you're really going to go crazy if you're looking for consistent messaging that you can always apply in every situation that's appropriate. So let me start with this Corinthians reading where Paul is talking all about himself. 
by the time Mike got to the end of it, I, I mean, I wanted to get him a therapist and thought maybe he needed a massage or something because he even says it. I'm going to be all things to all people. I'll become whatever I need to be. You know, I'll, I'll be just like you if that will convince you. Now, is there anybody here who thinks it's healthy to try to be all things to all people and to try to change how you present yourself to be like whoever you're presenting yourself to? Does anybody think that's healthy? Okay, good. Because if you did, I was going to give you a few minutes to come up here and explain how it was. You know, so I hope you don't think this is uh, telling us that this is what we're supposed to do. What we're getting is a sharing from Paul about what he thinks his calling is. But he's an evolving human being. And just because he's a writer of, of the scriptures here doesn't mean he's got it all figured out. It's especially interesting when you want to use the Bible as a guide and wisdom to even look a little closer in here at one of the little analogies that Paul uses. This happens in other places. Paul does it in other places. It's other places in the Bible. It's in verse 20. No, sorry, in verse 19. For though I am free with respect to all, I have made myself a slave to all so that I might win more of them. Now, I hope we don't have any pro-slavery people here. There's a lot of slavery still in the world, isn't there? Right? At many different levels. Do you think it's a good idea when you're talking about how you're serving God to use slavery and being like a slave as an example to explain? If you were helping Paul write this, would you advise him to keep this in or take it out? Um, it, it's kind of very troubling. Once again, it makes us consider what's the Bible trying to say because the Bible doesn't ever challenge slavery. It uses it as an established fact and it makes certain points around it, but it never challenges it. So the first thing that's important today is to understand what the Bible is and it isn't. The Bible isn't telling us in some exact way how we're supposed to walk out here and what we're supposed to do. It's an interactive document written by a lot of human beings who are seeking God and sometimes they're hitting the mark and sometimes they're kind of getting their stuff mixed up with it and the stuff of their culture mixed up with it. So I say all that because I want to spend most of our time on what's going on in the Gospel reading and I, I think thinking about Paul there and the use of the Bible is, is helpful here. I entitled this sermon, Do You Believe in Healing? Okay, now be honest now. How many of you have ever watched one of those healing preachers on TV? Okay. Benny Hinn is probably the one I remember most. Is he still on? <laughs> Somebody, are you watching them every week? What? <laughs> yeah. Um, 
You know, and they call somebody up and they lay hands on them with a prayer and it gets all powerful and emotional and usually um, sometimes the person passes out or falls down or something and then, then they're healed. Well, what happened in this story that Mike read? Yeah. So what are we going to do with this? I mean, I don't know if you like Benny Hinn or some of those other healing uh, style preachers. I mean, I, I've always distrusted it myself, right? Anybody else? I'm not quite sure what's going on there. Not that I don't believe in healing, and not that I don't believe in a spiritual role for healing, but I'm not just sure that it happens that way, except for... We have the story of Jesus. But there's a lot of features to this story. Um, it's Simon's mother-in-law. Remember, Simon is later going to be renamed Peter. And just a few verses before, he and Andrew were, were dropped everything. Remember, they dropped their nets and, and followed Jesus. Um, a little just note, since we were talking, beginning about the Bible. Um, what does it mean about Simon if he was at his mother-in-law's house? Anybody know his wife's name? Anything about how their relationship went while he's on the road with Jesus? Um, you know, he dropped everything, and I guess, I don't know what happened with his wife at that point, but isn't that kind of interesting, right? Um, so, um, so Jesus... What does he do? He came and took her by the hand and lifted her up and then the fever left her. Any of you ever witnessed that happening? Nobody? It raises so many questions. I mean, it raises questions about who this Jesus is. It raises questions about what Jesus does. Is it something we can do? But it also raises questions about whether the purpose of stories like this are to tell us exactly how healing happens, or whether there's uh, deeper messages uh, that are happening in the story. I think that there's a lot of things going on in this story. Um, because as soon as he heals the mother-in-law, word gets all around town. And what's he doing? He's, and the whole city was gathered around the door. I guess we would do that, right? If we heard somebody had just gotten healed instantly, um, we'd bring everybody who was sick to that door, wouldn't we? Would anybody, would you do that? Even if you weren't sure, you'd say, well, can't lose anything, right? Can't get worse. And, um, and he cured many, doesn't say all, who were sick with various diseases, and he cast out demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. There's a lot of stuff going on there. We're just not going to touch on it at all for sure today. Um, but then what happens? The frenzy has begun, right? He kind of handles the first level of it. But then he goes to bed. And in the morning, early in the morning while it's still dark, he gets up. Everybody else still asleep, I think. And he goes out to a deserted place and he prays. He says, God help me put this in perspective. What am I supposed to be doing? Is this what I'm supposed to be doing? How do I bring your love and care to people? 
Should I just do this healing ministry? What should I be about? Should I go back into the town and heal everybody who needs it? Um, what should I do? And of course, Simon and his other companions come and track Jesus down because they're worried. They don't know where he went. And they find him and uh, they let him know, Everyone, everyone's looking for you. <laughs> they all want some more healing, don't they? Um, and he pushes that temptation away to become kind of the superhero here, right? Um, he says, let us go to the neighboring towns so that I may proclaim the message. Not so I can go heal people in other towns, but so I can proclaim the message there also. For that is what I came out here to do. He goes to prayer and he gets refocused on what his real mission is. He has a moment. You ever done that before? You, you, you did, did something. Maybe it was really, really good. It took a lot out of you. And the next day you take some quiet time and then you realize that was good. I could, a lot of people seem to think that was great that I did that, but that's not really what I'm about. That's not really what I'm called to do. And although Jesus does other healings, part of what we're hearing here is that that's not the center of what his ministry is going to be about. It's much more about a message that he wants to bring to people, that God calls him to bring to people. But let's go back to this healing process. How many of you have either read an article or a book or watch some program online or on TV about how healing happens and what you can do to make the possibility of healing to happen in your body. Huh? Yeah, a few of you, not everybody here, right? Um, we we all want to figure it out, right? I mean, a few years ago, uh, and I I think I might have at some point in the past told this story. But a few years ago, I was uh, working with a spiritual director over in Seattle who I would meet with in a yoga studio because we did unusual kind of spiritual guidance and direction. We did most of it through body movements and not through words. And um, so I, one time, in words, told her a story from my young days. Um, and... Uh, in, it, it was a story that had a lot packed into it. And she asked me then to lay down on the ground. And she gently um, touched different parts of my body up here. She knew that's where I held all my stress. And she knew the truth and the reality that anything that we hold tight is somewhere in our body. Have you experienced that? Any stress, any loss, any suffering, any sense of failure, having disappointed somebody else, myself, it gets held in our body and if we don't deal with it, it gets trapped. Right? So she found the spot where that was, for me, related at least to this story. And Gently, not like a massage therapist, but just really gently, she started making a little circular pattern in that spot. And I started to cry uncontrollably. 
Well, some of you have known me for a few years now, right? Anybody seen me cry uncontrollably? I mean, that's just not what I do, right? Um, was that a healing moment? It didn't take long. But it, take, it took me being willing to trust myself with somebody and be vulnerable and trust that they had something to offer that could help me that I couldn't offer to myself. And they unleashed something. They let it release. Yes, that was a healing moment. And I think that we get distracted by, sometimes, by the miracle, superpower way that the stories are told about Jesus. But just like, you know, we can imply when we read closely that Simon was married, it doesn't go into it. It doesn't even actually say it, right? But we can conclude it. And so a lot of times in these Bible stories, we get a shortened version to make another point about a process that took a few more minutes than is actually being talked about here. And Jesus is this embodiment of God with us, of this God love with us. And when we listen and hear the message from God about that love, when we open ourselves up and we're willing to admit that we need more, that we need guidance, that we need support, that we need healing, that we need better understanding, when we're willing to open ourselves up, and maybe even become vulnerable in those moments, then the healing powers that are part of this love creation become alive in us and begin to do their work because we're no longer holding it so tight. We've no longer trapped it at some place in our body. Now, I say this in a very personal way. I mean, I don't want to go into all the details. Some of you know, because we talked a little bit about it at church, but about a year ago, I had some pretty highly stressful things happening related to the former other job that I had down in Spokane. And it, it really caused a lot of stress and uncertainty for me in so many ways. Um, and you guys were kind of the... I could come away. This was like the... Uh, the vacation spot because everything was fine and all that and I was enjoying everything here but there was a lot of stress and I did a lot of questioning of myself and, um, and, uh, and as part of that my, my body got tighter and tighter and tighter and then I finally made a decision that I needed to change how I dealt with things in my life and um, so it's interesting because it's a long process and you've been one way for decades to try to become a different way. Um, and but part of what I've noticed is in my body. Um, and I've really only started to notice it in the last few weeks that tight spots in my body are gradually starting to unravel a little bit layer by layer. You know? um, and I actually wake up some days not feeling tightness or pain or discomfort, I have some days I don't feel it anywhere in my body. 
Is that unusual? I mean, because, you know, I, I find that it's really been unusual in my life, you know, to, to, to not feel that every day in some way, you know. Um, and so I feel like I'm part of a healing process that's happening, but it's a healing process that takes a lot of work, but it takes a commitment to change. It takes a commitment learning to think differently and opening ourselves up to possibilities beyond what we think we already know. That's part of the healing process. Healing is possible when we think outside of our own normal way of thinking, when we let other thoughts come in, we let other possibilities come in, when we let other people and their stories of their healings influence us. When we open ourselves up in prayer to God and understand that the most important realities of our life are not the ones you can touch. They are the invisible realities of God's presence and of God's love and of God's way of working that can't be defined by science or anybody else. So I believe in healing. I don't believe in superpower, miracle, boom, bow, you're healed. I really don't believe in those preachers who get on TV who I just think are trying to make money and prey on people who feel vulnerable. I really think that they are doing that. Maybe they don't think they're doing that, but I think that they're doing that. But do I believe in healing? And do I believe that as we look into the ways that Jesus healed, we can open up doors and possibilities to healing in our own life. Yes. Um, but the superpower, miraculous kind of healing, who gets, who gets that? Right? Who's earned that or deserved that? Don't you get into that? It's like, well, that person was healed of cancer. Why wasn't I healed of my cancer? That's not a helpful game to go down. Helpful road to go down. But it is helpful to to open ourselves up to the messages of Jesus and to realize that in that there's a healing process, that there's an unraveling of everything that is within us that's holding us back. There's a new way of thinking that can rewire our brains so that we see possibilities we never imagined before. And when you have a moment of the breakthrough, it will feel like it happened instantaneously. But it was part of so much more. So much more in your story. So much more in this universe and in the history of this universe. I hope you believe in healing. And I hope as you look to Jesus as one who brings a message that leads to healing, that you'll pay even more attention to that and open yourselves up to be vulnerable so you're not holding on so tight, but open yourselves up to a path to healing that you never would have imagined before. Friends, followers of Jesus, be healed and live fully.